you're listening to a Better Mousetrap podcast. I'm your host, Marcos Dinnerstein. Every week, I bring you an important player in New York City's tech scene, and maybe as important, I also shine a light on the newest players. What each of them does matters. Here today with Ash Kalorachi of the NYU EdTech Accelerator. You're managing director there. Uh, that's correct, Marcus. Um, and uh, the, the company I co-founded uh, is actually called StartEd. Uh, so uh, the NYU EdTech Accelerator is actually one of a few things that we do. Ah, excellent. I wondered about that. Didn't know if it, it, that it was a separate entity. So, so tell me about. First off, the uh, accelerator and what you guys do. Sure, certainly. Um, StartEd uh, has a very specific mission. Um, it is uh, to attract and develop an army of education innovators to solve the world's largest challenges. Uh, we're also trying to turn New York into the hub for global education innovation. Uh, that's our twofold, very simple mission. And the way we go about doing that is we create um, accelerators, incubators, festivals, and courses, uh, roughly all opportunities for experiential learning uh, for others. And we've done so with New York University uh, here in New York City. Mm-hmm. And how long has it been running? Uh, I've been running uh, accelerators for quite some time. I've, I've built about seven of them, um, uh, including uh, having built a tech accelerator for, for tech stars, if you know that accelerator program. Sure, of course. Um, but uh, StartEd uh, is about three years young. Uh, well, actually, we're going on four now. Uh, we're actually uh, younger than some of the companies that we've supported. <laughs> That's fun. So um, you've got some big news, uh, I understand. Uh, uh, an event coming up? Tell us about that. Yes. yes. Well, thanks for bringing that up. Uh, we uh, are doing a couple of things a little bit differently this year. Um, and one of the things that we've seen in the edtech industry, and for those of you who might not be familiar with what edtech is, let me define that. Um, uh, we tend to simply say that whatever involves instructions uh, can be transformed through digital instruction. And if you think about it in that way, uh, any uh, founder addressing problems for learners or educators in pre-K, K-12, higher ed, uh, workforce development, or even simple adult learning by yourself, those are all uh, educational endeavors. Um, It bleeds over into things like medical education and um, other peripheral areas as well. So it tends to touch a lot of industries. What um, we've realized in, uh, in EdTech is that over the last few years, and EdTech has been receiving investment for quite some time, but the 60% of the $9 billion that, uh, that have gone into um, the space uh, has actually gone into the space just over the last three years. So we're seeing a, a gigantic spike in terms of both the opportunities and investment in the space. That's resulted in a lot of companies uh, and attra- companies and founders being attracted to it. 
And accordingly, we've evolved our model now to support companies that uh, have significant evidence that they're solving a real problem, i.e. Um, users, revenue partnerships uh, to the tune of um, a few hundred thousand dollars. And we are bringing them to New York from all around the world um, to get them in front of uh, our investment community, uh, the customers and schools and distribution partners here and, and the press. Uh, so essentially bringing companies here uh, on a weekly basis to put them on the world stage that is New York. That, that's a, an impressive number, especially over such a short period of time. Who are these investors, uh, if you can categorize them? Uh, if it, that's, that's a great question. Uh, so if you look at uh, all types of investment that early to series C stage founders, that's, that tends to be the, 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 the continuum of maturity that we address for companies. Um, we address nonprofits as well, uh, but we'll talk about for-profit because we talk about investing. Um, uh, when you're looking at early stage funding, you might be looking at friends and family, angel funding, you may look in, in the education you also have access to things like um, grant funding from the government or foundations. Uh, there are increasingly uh, more uh, institutional investors as well as family foundations looking into the space. Um, of course, and there's of course the now growing area of crowdfunding, um, uh, tapping into uh, uh, tech as well. The majority of those, that $9 billion uh, tends to be institutional venture capital. Um, and I think the interesting part of it is that uh, a large portion of it is coming from uh, outside the US, uh, specifically from places uh, like China. Um, the, the fastest growing companies uh, until about two or three years ago tended to be from the US, but that's quickly over the last two or three years, like in many other industries, uh, shifted uh, to China uh, over the last two to three. So what, what kind of trends are you seeing in the companies? Are, are, are they focusing on uh, any specific ways of addressing problems or, or, or a range of problems? Or is it Absolutely. all over the map? <laughs> uh, well, the ubiquity of education is that it actually is uh, built into almost every process in uh, the human experience, right? Uh, from um, learning how to walk to learning how to uh, learn the ropes at a new job to uh, learning new types of technologies, it's, it's, it's all built in. And I think uh, some of that is self-learning and a lot of it is um, being taught by people who are more experienced. I think the, um, the trend we're seeing in the space is that um, organizations are applying scalable technology uh, to the workforce and developing uh, skills, both technical hard skills as well as soft skills. Uh, and that tends to be an increasingly attractive area, both for investors and for, and for founders. Um, the, uh, the transition between various stages of learning, uh, so in, in the U.S., uh, we transition from uh, K-12 to college and university um, for those who are lucky enough uh, to do so, the third who are lucky enough to do so. And then uh, the folks transfer from the university to uh, the workforce and then, um, uh, and then they continue in that phase of their lives. In each of those transitions, there are budding businesses uh, to do with 
uh, credentialing and assessing um, the effectiveness of that learning. Uh, so I think that's the second trend that we're seeing in, in the transition of those spaces. Um, I tend to see a lot of companies assume that new technologies like virtual reality and AI and blockchain and technologies we're all talking about um, are affecting the space, and they are. Uh, there are there are tremendous things happening in uh, the virtual reality space, for example, because VR experiences tend to do very specific things to the brain, uh, specifically in terms of retention. Um, so if you experience something, uh, if you experience uh, um, uh, travel to uh, a refugee camp in Syria, for example, through VR versus watching it on TV versus reading about it, there are two to three-fold increases in retention and uh, empathy towards um, that experience, so you retain it. Uh, so there are those types of solutions coming up, but I don't think it's their time yet, uh, but they're all exciting. I think I'll end um, the response uh, to that question with simply saying it's really about going back to fundamentals. I think um, when, you're, when we're looking at companies, we tend to look at um, uh, teams and people and the way they go about structuring their, their vision and making decisions is the most important part. Um, we then look at the, the scale of the problem. There's, is it a large problem? Does the world need this problem solved? Those are the kinds of questions that fundamentally founders need to ask themselves um, before they start, start really scaling. If those questions around team and problem aren't asked, we tend to see companies um, uh, lose steam and, and lose the thread uh, a little way down the road. So what kind of support do you give the uh, cohort members? There's an, uh, investing or the grants? Uh... So, well, I think uh, it, like most in most education, I think um, uh, it's a problem of access. Um, uh, so yes, we, we do invest, we do provide access to investment. We um, do provide um, uh, advice directly as well as through our uh, mentor network of 250 edtech CEOs, investors, and educators. Um, but I think really for a, for a founder, wherever they are located in the world, it is cracking open the nut that is New York City um, and learning uh, who they should be going to and why and how uh, that how is important because you can position your company in various ways. That's how we usually help companies. Did that answer your question? Yeah, yeah, mostly. Uh, and over what period of time? Uh, I think uh, before we started recording, you mentioned that you also have a hyper accelerator program. So talk about the two different kinds of programs you've been running. Sure. Uh, we actually have uh, uh, three different kinds of ways of helping companies. Oh, yeah, uh, that's what I meant, three. <laughs> <laughs> uh, simply because I think the, mar the market of founders has, has told us that things are evolving and we want to keep pace. Uh, so the traditional accelerator model where p companies come to you for three months and you invest uh, in, uh, at the start and you graduate with a demo day, I think that's kind of been done. And the reason we actually started the company is because that, model doesn't necessarily work in education. Um, it's a much longer sales cycle. There's uh, fewer investors. There's questions around efficacy that need to be answered if you're investing in a learning product. All those types of questions lend themselves uh, to not working in a three-month context. So what we've done is essentially allow uh, founders to board with their feet. And uh, while 
they can come to us for six weeks and we'll invest. Uh, there are also programs where they'll simply um, come to us for a week um, and we'll boost their ability to raise funding and get to customers and, and the press actually putting people in front of them after having figured out who they should get in front of while they're not uh, in, um, physically with us. Um, there's also a community of founders. Um, we call that, for lack of a better word, uh, our incubator um, that are always helping each other. Uh, there's a physical community based in Brooklyn. But I think the, the important part of that is that you know that as a tech founder, uh, you if you wake up at uh, 4 a.m. and if you're still up at 4 a.m. trying to figure out a problem for your company, there's 50 other tech founders who know the space, who know the language, who have been there. Uh, that you can contact and they'll sit down with you and walk you through stuff. Um, that's really why we built that um, uh, community of uh, founders around the world. Mm -hmm. and, and they all happen to be insomniacs. <laughs> as, as, are, as are we all uh, when you're founders. <laughs> yes, yes. Seems to come with the territory. So um, what, what is it? Let's look kind of backtrack and, and to tell me how, how did you get into this world? What is your background? Uh, uh, sure. It, it's uh, well, completely accidentally is uh, the, the quick answer. Um, uh, so uh, my time, uh, I grew up in Sri Lanka. Uh, and uh, when I was growing up there, my, my mom had a school for 300 kids that she uh, ran out of her house. Uh, I was... Uh, one of her early students, uh, probably one of her worst students, <laughs> and also um, helped her with the, with the classes. Uh, her, uh, her focus on elocution and speech and drama um, was really a cover, she explained to me later on in the years. Uh, she said that um, what she really was doing was teaching people the skills they needed to get a job. She was teaching resilience. She was teaching tenacity. And... I think that very initial experience in understanding what education really was, that it was um, uh, life skills packaged in content, and that's what good schools really are. Uh, sure. that, that's what um, uh, kind of drove me into the space and my attraction to the industry. I had a couple of organizations that I was a part of that um, you know, were very uh, pivotal to uh, settling on this particular model or me believing in accelerators. Um, uh, so I was part of a company called the Executive Board uh, uh, that had um, uh, peer groups of executives um, talking about their business strategies and teaching each other. Uh, and that kind of community peer-based approach uh, uh, around learning business strategy and what to avoid and what to do was something that got into me early. Um, and, and if I combine those two experiences, that's what led me to one of the first, um, uh, accelerators here on, on the East coast, uh, focused on education. And, um, while that was more experience in knowing how not to run an accelerator, <laughs> um, also, also very useful information. Absolutely. Uh, eventually that led me, um, to Techstars, uh, where, uh, I helped run the one and only education program uh, for a while. And when once that wrapped up, uh, helped other organizations, uh, uh, large organizations and small 
in, in the US and abroad, um, figure out how they were supporting education entrepreneurs. Very cool. What was the age range of kids in your mother's school? Uh, she, she was she ran the whole gamut. So it was uh, six to seven year olds all the way till sixteen. Uh, so K through twelve. Uh huh. Nice. That must have been just just fascinating. It certainly was. Uh, it was uh, it was a unique experience that I had no idea how unique it was at the time. Sure, it's just what you knew. That's the way kids are. <laughs> so exactly. So um, how can people learn more about you and more about your uh, upcoming event? Uh, well, all information is at uh, started.com. Uh, that's uh, like the, it's as in let's get started. Yep. Um, the festival is called uh, New York Ed Tech Week. That's nyedtechweek.com. Um, and uh, I'm pretty friendly on LinkedIn as well. So if uh, anyone connects with me and says why uh, they're interested in connecting on LinkedIn, uh, I, I usually respond and have a quick conversation whether it's about you know, why, why uh, ed tech uh, from investment or a startup perspective, or even if you're just looking for a role in the space. Um, I like to be that first voice that people hear when they, when they enter it. Excellent. And I'm sure you're helpful, given, no, given right. uh, your, your, your broad connections and knowledge. Well, great. Thank you so much for joining me. Uh, a pleasure being here. Thank you, Marcus, for having me. Sure.